0: I'm Frederick Lauren, and I've rented the house on Haunted Hill tonight so that my wife can give a party, a haunted house party. She's so amusing. There'll be food and drink and ghosts, and perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. The party's starting now, and you have until midnight to find the house on Haunted Hill. You're listening to TV 8 My Dinner. My name is Sean. I'm here with Lynn, and we are going to talk about hauntings. Haunting houses, haunting hill houses even more specifically in this particular episode.
1: I'm really, really fascinated by the fact that there's these two sort of groups of texts out there, two forms of media, of the, the Haunting of Hill House and the House on Haunted Hill.
0: It's difficult for me to, to try to, to jump into the Netflix House on Haunted Hill because there's so many layers. Did you Did you see all of that?
1: I have finished *The House on Haunted Hill*. I think it's sort of inspired by the novel, and I like the inspirations that it takes from the novel. But it, apart from that, it's not the novel. I, I like Theo's as well. I thought Theo's power was interesting. Uh, yeah, and I think that it.
0: worked because one thing they did with the family—they they, they kind of were trying to. Again, they were trying to make up for the fact that they weren't following the plot of the original book too closely but they were trying to follow the, the spirit of the book the spirit of by saying that there was a this family had a strong sort of like psychic thread through all of them and that may be what made them so attractive to that house Yeah, because be attractive the mother to could the see the dead people yeah both the mother could see dead people and Theo was like a touch telepath and you know even the twins had a little bit of that spark in them and the dad didn't really see that in them he he sort of accepted like yeah 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 you're special or whatever but he never fully understood you're the special or whatever it. <laughs> like but, yeah I, like, I, I oh your mother was it. like a spiritual creature and i'm more of a grounded creature like you don't get it though like she was psychic and saw dead people that made her crazy and you didn't even know there's a couple of it.
1: really sad bits where she's saying like oh man, I, I was having this conversation with the twins and they did this and this, and then this happened, and he's like, but that was just a dream. And she's like, oh yeah, dream. Probably, Probably it was, dream. yeah, okay. And that was, was a bit sad.
0: Which is I... horrible, yeah, because she's been confronted with visions of her children dying. And she has no one, that's what makes her susceptible to the house, really, is because she has no one she can talk to about that. Hmm. And, of course, when... The ghost of the house comes in because it's very very much like the shining a lot of these scenes where the ghost comes in and is like where well, I have a possible solution it's like is it murder it's always murder no no not murder just to poison children with tea what makes that murder it's like that's obviously you, and literally murder
1: did you get annoyed that we never found out who the guy in the bowling hat was
0: because yeah, that guy was awesome and <laughs> it's like probably better that we hat. never saw like this I just like that that's the, the just to show you like even the little bits it's just like now here you can have a big boy hat but if you have a big boy hat you have to admit that you know that you <laughs> what's real and is It's like you keep your damn big boy hat because <laughs> night funny. one of me having that damn hat this floating creature comes and takes it.
1: It was, it was funny, that, it was his own personal boogeyman, which I quite liked. I thought... thought he was such a cool
0: boogeyman. He, like, floated, but he pushed himself around on a cane, like a gondolier. I just... And then,
1: I, I, I think my biggest trouble was I just really disliked those two elder people, elder children, the Shirley and the Stephen, and I just I didn't like them. I wanted them to die. <laughs> I know they had to have redemptive arcs and stuff, but I thought they were the least interesting because of all the, Not because of it, but, like, they, they had a lot of... there's no ghosts and you all are idiots and i didn't like them as people i wanted them to go away
0: i liked that the older the kids got the more they were able to to sort of rationalize that the house was not haunted though you regardless of the things that they had seen there i think that was sort of a, a, a neat kind of realistic nod to the way people react to those kind of situations
1: i feel like you could have taken out shirley's character altogether
0: well, she didn't really belong in the original version of the story. She Stephen kind of, and Shirley.
1: I, I, I could understand Stephen. I think he contributed to the story. I I felt more for him as the time went on. I think he had that great arc with not wanting to have kids and then having them at the end because of that. I, I think I you thought, could have
0: expressed everything through him that you expressed I thought, Yeah, her. I think you I could think have just her.
1: used him and spent less time with Shirley... And her modern day stuff, and the, the weird, I had an affair back in the day that doesn't seem to fit with the rest of the haunting stuff.
0: Yeah, the, the rest of us have real regrets. I you do just... have to agree with that. Like, and, and that doesn't really explain you being a dick to everybody at the funeral. Yeah, like she's. That actually kind of complete... makes it worse.
1: Yeah, it was just really, really weird. Like, they're like, oh, what can she have done? Oh, she had an affair once.
0: She's yeah. a slut. I could give you that.
1: <laughs> I kind of think, feel like her character. If they had taken her out and spent more time with the other girls, you could have had a much more interesting.
0: You probably get a lot more, more interesting with Theo because she didn't really actually get a lot of story. Yeah,
1: Theo didn't have her own ghost. Like Theo's ghost was that she saw too much, but and she didn't. She wanted to build up walls around her. and didn't want to. Didn't want to be friends with people. Uh,
0: well, th- I, that was a perfect arc for her because this the the show and you know talking about walls and the metaphor of walls and all this stuff and and the whole show was about the walls that they put up between you. Each- I I just loved that. Yeah, and yet Theo's the one who's living psychology. with her sister.
1: I thought that they undermined that by having Theo the one that's living with her sister. She should be the one that's living on the west coast and not talking to anybody or something like that. Like she should be the one who's Taking herself away
0: from the rest of the family. Well, I think they were trying to suggest that that was her way of staying connected. in in a world where she didn't build. She
1: disconnected from well. everything. Yeah. Well, I, I, I sort of feel like Though that's her sort of girlfriend
0: admirable. was kind of clinging I mean, kind of just showing up announced to, unannounced to a funeral, like, "Oh, I heard your sister was dead, and I thought I'd yeah, come and support weird. you." He's like, that's creepy as shit. Yeah, All that's right. a bit, like, I obviously to a you don't go didn't off. tell you about that because this is the worst time for you to assert yourself in a in a more dominant relationship I'm, I'm position. I'm surprised
1: that Theo didn't like just push her at the door. Fuck off. Like,
0: well, in the story, we were supposed to relate to that because Theo needed to let to open up to somebody. But in real life, that would be like, this is the I clearly did not want you to come here. I didn't send any signals. This is very weird. We've it gone would, <laughs> out twice.
1: It would have been much um, much better for Theo's story if she had have reached out instead of being pushed into that. Yeah. I feel like they just wanted to have, have that girlfriend there so sense. they didn't forget about her.
0: I think that would have been and this is a writing issue you find in, in stories in general. They always try to over dramatize some things. Like, I think it would have been much more profound. You're right. Yeah. If she had just reached out to that person. Like the that's not letting the walls down completely you know people reach out to people this idea that she only reaches out to people sexually is very two dimensional anyway
1: yeah well at least they kept the character a lesbian that's great
0: yeah I appreciate that that's fine <laughs> but I kind of like that Theo's I like the... deal was that she can't physically touch people because you can't deal with their weird shit If at this point you've touched that girl all over you know what her weird shit is you should hold on to her
1: well, I think the idea is that if you do it in that context, then the only thing the other girl is feeling is lust, and so that's what Theo's filled with. I guess she that's She doesn't have true. all of the other stuff going on at that point. She's yeah. just got I don't got find sex. you, like,
0: when you're in an emotional, like, downpour or somewhere. I don't she like doesn't I read the
1: whole shit. history of a person when she's touching them. She just sort of reads them that
0: moment of them. I guess that's true.
1: So that's the only time she can touch people is during that sort of event.
0: That makes sense.
1: I would have thought that would be harder with girls because we tend to be a little bit less um, connected to the event when it's happening. we are sort of notorious for not being able to concentrate during sex. But, you know, maybe it's different with her.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's different with lesbians. I don't know everybody's life.
1: I don't know. Everybody's different. But, yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. I just felt like the ending went a little too crazy.
0: Well... I always forgive the ending of something unless it's just unforgivably bad because endings, endings are, are hard. Are, well, they're just not authentic. Nothing ends. Yeah. Nothing ever ends. The an ending to a story. Uh, look at and movies are the worst for this because they have to wrap things up even more quickly. But well, if you look at the ending of anything that you've seen, you're like, oh, that was kind of dumb because there was well, no the good way to end it. Everything if it's between just a happy
1: stops. ending and a sad ending, is just where you stop telling a tale.
0: Yeah, and that's true. Because, well, it's just like, if you like a movie, then you should hope there's not a sequel. Because I guarantee you the sequel is going to bring more sorrow to the heroes. If you like those people, then you shouldn't want to see them anymore. Because the happy ending that you saw them in would be their ending forever. But you have to have more, which is going to make their lives harder because that's what life is really like. It's always new challenges and like people fall in love in an hour and a half in a movie, they're not going to be together in the next movie. <laughs> cuz they're only in love cuz people are shooting at them. That was the context that was Steve. established in that story. You don't want to see the story of how complicated relationships are formed. So they're always doomed in these movies.
1: That's that's one of the things that is interesting in the haunting of Hill House is that they the idea that the ghost is trapped in the sort of the moment that they died—they are trapped in that mindset. So that Abigail's a child forever; the crazy wife is crazy forever. She never gets to come back from that, because she's she's still stuck in that moment of "I need to protect my children, so I need to kill them."
0: But that's still not just an absolute condemnation. That's what I like about that. It's like, well, we can still work with this, you know? Yeah, there's still happiness to be had. There's still love to be had here. Like I love that, that that there's a there's an un, a sort of indomitable spirit about that, of them saying, "Well, you know, but we're still gonna try. If the ghost is the continuation of that person, then we still got something to work with there." That's there's a lot going on. If you, I I got mad because I was reading articles that said, "Oh, the the haunting of Hill House is genre building bending." It's like it is not. It's horror genre. What are you talking about? It's like the the Halloween reviews that were like, it's not just a good horror movie; it's a good movie. It's like, fuck you. <laughs> horror movie is a movie. I do think <laughs> you, *Haunting of you Hill House* is genre bending.
1: I think it is genre bending because I think it's it's horror, but I think it's got elements of other other ones in there as well. I think it. I think a lot of a lot of the best films are not ones that are just trying to be only one thing. I think it. I don't think it's trying to be just horror. I think it's trying to be a lot of things.
0: Well, I think horror is like sci-fi, though. Horror can be a backdrop. Yeah. And then yeah. the story is what it is. Yeah, that's one of the, the great things it
1: is, about it, because it's the horror is a backdrop to the psychological drama of this family and what's going on, which is yeah. why I felt is, so disappointing when they went full horror for the final episode.
0: But that's what all horror is, is is a metaphor for some kind of psychology, which is basically what all stories of any what, genre are.
1: That's what most genre is. It's it's a safe place to explore if, if you're going with... um anything that's not completely realistic, horror, fantasy, sci-fi, any of those things, there are always yeah. ways to talk about
0: it's a metaphor reality for in,
1: a different, in a different setting.
0: Yeah. So to say, it, it's like, oh, well, this got really deep into the psychology stuff. It's like, well, that's what horror does. Why do you think you're scared? The fact that this yeah, horror made you feel something else other than scared just means it did it even better.
1: It's interesting, interesting when you go back to the, the original text, and you kind of look at what were they scared of back then and it's so it's so different this the idea that they're kind of scared of something far more subtle and insidious Just scared of the idea of being trapped at home or scared of the secrets or i mean that in some way all the characters are trapped i mean you get the doctor who's trapped into a bad marriage you've got Eleanor who's trapped in this bad family situation Theo seems to be trapped because she's not allowed to talk about her relationship outwardly really so
0: or most of them aren't allowed to talk about what they really have experienced because they've all they've all decided it was something different and that's the saddest part of all when you see the whole family. That's why that's why Eleanor's death is, is really important to bring them all together because you have that funeral scene and you see them all sitting together and you're like, oh, how tragic it is that they're all right here and they can't, they can't admit what's happening. But I, I think that's a really good examination of the genre of, of haunted houses because at, at its face, what's, what's scary about a haunted house is it's a place where a bad thing happened. And then nothing else happened after that. It's empty. So nothing ever overwrote that bad thing. And that's what we're scared of. The uncanniness of that is that it's no longer a place for living people. Like people can't live there. Even when they try, the the The, the dead things that, that are the, the offspring of that horrible event, they're what's there. And that's what we're afraid of. In Hill House it's even scarier because it's not just the place that's empty it leaves the people empty and the people become haunted no matter where they go and it's that emptiness but it's all about that that sort of emptiness that leaves you sort of blank and if you can't create new happy memories then these just old horrible memories fester
1: it is interesting though that that the heart of the modern Netflix series it revolves around the impact of a suicide on the family. So we've got the, the impact of the mother's suicide. If, if we take out the supernatural elements, it's about the mother's suicide and how that messed them all up. Of and course. And then as adults, it leads to her daughter's suicide and that sort of brings them back together because they, they sort of, they, they were fragmented by the hate and the anger and the secrets about what happened with the early one. And by examining the effect on themselves and the effect of potentially losing another one of them, makes them, forces more them to confront em- their demons. Empty
0: than that, I mean, that's the ultimate. Like, the, on the one hand, just a death is is empty enough because we can't make new memories. That person is gone. But to heighten that even further, the person killed themselves, yeah. and then then not only is that. The, the absence of that person but you have all those negative feelings of, of, of this anger and betrayal and abandonment and that emptiness is even worse but that what that I mean that's what the show is so good it's like that's a perfectly haunted feeling
1: yeah and I think that's what one of the things I like about horror movies is always getting to the guts of it and why is this scary and what is this text telling us about what is scary and what is it saying about us as people why are we scared what is this scary
0: yeah, what are we actually afraid of here? What because are we actually you, afraid of? Whenever you have a monster, you're like, yeah, you'd be afraid of a literal monster, but you know they're not there. So what does that symbolize to you in reality? Why are you scared? What are you taking that away in real life and you're scared of? Like, what does that represent?
1: I mean, you've got, you've got the big old slasher monsters, like the Michael Myers and that sort of thing. And there, I mean, you can see how they've got that whole element of that, uh, the physical Something's going to overwhelm me, and there's nothing I can do about it. It's inevitable. It's a whole
0: but even power that's struggle more deeply, thing. That's even more deeply psychological because the Michael Myers is like it's not just a, it's not just scary because it it's this physical thing, but it's happening for no reason. Yeah. Like that's the thing that's it's just, scary. It's
1: just a thing, and it's coming for you. It's like
0: yeah, it's like he's, a disease, really. It's relentless. like it's cancer. <laughs> Well, yeah, like it really is something like that, because a, a, a Friday the 13th is different, because I'm scared of, of going someplace I'm not supposed to be, and doing a thing I'm yeah. not supposed to do, because I know if I don't go to Crystal Lake, that won't happen. That's not true with Michael Myers. Michael Myers comes out of nowhere, he attacks me for no reason, but he's hell-bent on getting me.
1: And that's why like, it's so important that he's attacking teenage girls, because they are physically very vulnerable.
0: Well, yeah, and, then, and that and makes you all that put yourself in it.
1: that. And, and there's there's something really especially creepy about the the vulnerability of a young, very young person, especially a girl, against a very physically large man. There's a lot of subtext there that really talks about vulnerability. I did read a really interesting thing that was talking about how part of the point of horror, part of the point of being scared, is is that there is a power imbalance. And there is something that has power over you for whatever reason and that's why we're scared. Mm-hmm. So there's the the you know, the physical imbalance of that power, but there's also that I don't know if you could you could say the inevitability of fate. I've got no power over what's happening to me right now, and that's terrifying.
0: Well, and that we know that especially if you're a young person, like there there are aspects of life that you don't control and are dangerous.
1: And when you look at these haunted house movies, you've got all, the, all these things to fear. Like you've got... And this one brings up one that um, Stephen King brought up in Dance Macabre when he was talking about a lot of the haunted house movies that happened back in the day.
0: You haven't that, gotten to that part yet. I'm making it <laughs> through the book slowly. Like, do we need to...
1: Well, he, he brings up that he didn't think a lot of those haunted house movies were scary, and then he, he realized that a lot of them featured something where the person couldn't leave the house because of money reasons, or they lost money that element of... And he talked about how at that point in time a lot of people had bought houses, a lot of people had a lot of their their money tied up in their houses and a lot of people didn't have a lot of money back in those days and how sure. people's biggest fear was losing their money, losing their house, losing that stability, losing the ability to take care of their loved ones and how it's what? all tied together. And that's all tied together in any haunted... A lot of these haunted house ones, it's in this one, it's in this Netflix series. They're talking about... That's where the mole hits the walls, and he's saying, "I don't know how I'm going to pay for this. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this situation." He is a father, wants to take care of his family, and he can't, sure, because he doesn't have the money. And that's a big part of the haunted house. It's and I can't control happens, this like, in The
0: conjuring, like you know, I loved Insidious because the second that happens, they move out, and you're like, "Oh, good," because no one ever does that. But that's because m- most people can't. The house, yeah. you know, represents that that sort of that ultimate. It's Ideal. supposed to be your
1: security. It's supposed to be yeah. the place that you live. It's supposed to be a safe this. place. And that's why haunted houses are so scary because the house is supposed to be our security. It's supposed to be security financially. It's supposed to be security, just physically and all those things. And when they're, it's supposed to be where our family congregates and where we find ourselves and our home and our love. And when you take well, you're that strong. away, you are the
0: most protected. Yeah,
1: exactly. So when it's when it hits you financially, when it hits you by hurting your family members, when it hits you by physically hurting you. It's like the heart of your home hurting you. It's your heart hurting you. That's why the haunted house movies are so scary and so popular.
0: And it be- Yeah, it becomes a trap that's holding you in. And that's the opposite because in, in a society, and especially societies like ours now, like that's, that's the culmination of building that, that, that power base and that, that sort of security and sanctuary is being able to own your own home. That's why like was, there are very few stories about haunted apartments.
1: <laughs> that's why it was so important that it's a family in this case because it's part of it is the family is brought together in the home. Family is pulled apart by the home in this case, separated from their parents, separated from each other. And you can see them trying to, they have to go back home to pull that together, to pull each other together and recreate yeah. their own family. And I guess that's scary in the modern context because we do have. A lot of families flying apart these days. We have people moving to other places. We have different types of family dynamics. We have divorces and people going to live with their mothers and fathers. And it's very different to how it used to be back in the you know the 50s and 60s when original haunted houses were made. That wasn't really the biggest fear. But these days, well, losing your family is a reality.
0: It's an amplification of that same fear now. Because now, in today's world, we don't even know what what gives us that level of security. We still think that you know, those institutions should and that's what we look to, but we're even now more than ever we're we're afraid of what happens when those institutions fail.
1: Which is kind of funny because when you look back to the original text, Eleanor's family is the thing that she's trying to escape. Legitimately because it's terrifying. And she finds she makes her own family and the people that she finds in the house. Which is why she becomes so attached to it.
0: Well Eleanor's problem is that she has no sense of identity in that she's looking to move from one institution to another. Like there's honestly speaking in the book and, and the original movie, there is no reason for Eleanor to live with her sister at all. Like she, feels she should, she should have been able to move on and, and make her own life. Like when she's talking about, like as she's like, going to, hill house is the only thing that she's ever done as she drives every little every little house she passes made. she's like maybe i'll move into that house and that'll and be you really my get garden the of like oleander she's,
1: she's only living with her sister because her sister told her
0: to she was or just because her sister told her she could even like she never she never took any agency to even ask herself what she actually wanted like and even now, like Eleanor does not want to go find. She fantasizes about finding some little place of her own. But what she decides near the end of the book is like, well, I'll just go live with you, Theodora. Which is the weirdest thing in the world to say to someone you just met. So she's <laughs> like, she's gonna
1: come and live with you. They've been
0: there like a week, and she's, you're not gonna live with me? Don't you have your own place? Like, no, I lied about that. I'm gonna come live with you. Well, that's and you the thing. That's like her
1: me. biggest lie is, yeah, I have my own place. Because that's the thing that she wants the most of all. She just wants a place of her own.
0: She wants to be the kind of person that could do that. Yeah. But she, she doesn't even home. want to leave Hill House. Like, and there's nothing at Hill House for her. Well, it's, it's, but it's just it's, nothing's ever happened to her. It really, she's never belonged anymore.
1: It depends on which way you take it. Do you take it as that she goes crazy because she's denied yeah. her place? Or the house works on that fear? The house works on the fact that she wants a place and says, well, this will be your place.
0: I think it's both. She fears being cast out, and then the house becomes that comfortable place, because in the book and the movie, that's exactly what she decides. Whether she's being unduly influenced by the house or not, she ultimately decides she doesn't ever want to leave that house. Which because is something, she has no place of her own.
1: One of the parts that I missed in the Netflix series, I, I didn't feel like that she took the agency to decide to stay there. She kind of went back to the house because she was sad, and she'd gone off on meds and whatnot. And then she got trapped
0: there? They I don't know. I probably could have handled that a little bit better because on the one hand, yeah, she was sort of tricked because she didn't mean to hang herself. But on the other hand, she had given herself over to whatever fantasies the house was giving her and she knew they couldn't possibly be real.
1: Yeah. She, she decided to go back to the house and that was almost her decision mm-hmm. to leave reality yeah. in that at moment. that point
0: yeah and that's what you think luke is doing so it's like it's it's a good moment when you realize that what luke is trying to do is to, to destroy the house yeah he's just not strong enough to do it but yeah that's exactly it was what a lot happened of, eleanor she just lost. i really
1: enjoyed a lot of the little moments where you realize what was going to happen before the characters they let you do that if quite a few times like when he just goes in and they're like oh yeah that guy he bought a whole bunch of cans of of fuel and you go <laughs> oh, no, That's and you know, you know what he's going to do. Or <laughs> when she starts saying what you have to do is protect your kids from the outside world forever and you go, oh, okay.
0: Oh, I damn, yeah. know
1: oh, what's going on there? And the, the, it allows you to feel clever by giving you that information early on. They do the same thing with Theo. They, they're very, very subtle when they talk about what her power is. So the, most of the episode that talks about her doesn't actually say what, what she has what she does at all. And then you know yeah. later on, in the series. He goes, "You know that I have powers when I touch things."
0: It's
1: like, oh, okay. Just gonna say
0: that loud now. And their characters aren't dumb either. Like they catch on pretty quickly, so you don't have to waste a lot of time with characters. And this is something I love about this show that you don't get from very many movies or shows. It's like you don't have to watch these characters walk around doing dumb things.
1: There's not too like, much of that. There was. I think the thing that annoyed me the most is the uh, the speeches. You get a lot of people monologuing.
0: They have a lot of emotional monologues, though. I do give them that. They're not usually expository. They're usually no, they're somebody emotional. That's really well, it's emotional exposition. It. it is emotional exposition. But, but there was a lot of intended... points where
1: there's someone and they just sit in there talking and talking and talking. You thinking, why is the other person just sitting there listening to them? Why is this not more of a dialogue so that it's easier to digest? And I felt I it was know. just a bit too much of that.
0: I kind of identify with that. If someone starts saying some super emotional shit to me, I definitely don't. And I wouldn't know how to participate in that. I probably would just listen.
1: It just made it feel a little stagey, because there were times when you could see the person was sitting there going, okay, I will wait till the end of the monologue. I, felt I kind like of feel the... like it
0: was intended to be stagey, though, <laughs> in that respect. Like, I kind of appreciate it. Well, I had a short that, attention that span, format. I didn't
1: like it. but I I felt like there were certain things that just went on a bit too long. Like I felt like the fight that they had at the funeral or the night before the funeral, the night before the funeral, that fight, there was quite a few periods where someone's yelling what they're feeling and they, they do it for a few minutes. I think, you know, you could have probably condensed this down a little bit and it just felt like it went on too long because when, when things blow up like that, you don't yell at each other for half an hour. You tend to just explode and wander off.
0: Oh, yeah, my family, we don't talk to each other at all. I don't I don't identify with that. That's true. Yeah. Well, like, I don't. My family but I get that, trouble, that from a, a one-act play years. sort of perspective, I do get that. It's like people in movies and stuff do that. I get that.
1: Yeah, I just felt there was a couple of times like that where they I, I drew out things that they could have said a bit more concisely. I, I felt like sometimes that it became repetitive because it was just a lot of, there was no ghost, there was a ghost, there was no ghost, there was no ghost, and it, it just went on too long.
0: I could get that. Sometimes they had these unexpected sort of monologues, though. Like, Mr. Dudley, at some point... The Dudleys are way <coughs> better represented here than in any other incarnate. But well, but the, he has worked. a monologue about the dead... Like, when they have a dead baby or whatever. The
1: lead into to that monologue made it work. Because he, he starts off by saying, Oh, hey, you shouldn't let why why stay here too long. And the guy's like, Well, that's not your place. And he's like... Oh, no, you're probably right. It's not my place. And then he just yeah, starts but let me gently tell you this. talking. And, and the way he tells the story leads you into it in a way that you go, okay, he had to tell the story to shut the guy up. to and make It's him
0: brilliantly it performed. It's that such a one beautiful works. performance in a monologue. <laughs> and it's very subtle. He's not screaming anything. He's just talking. And
1: so that one works because they, they work into it gently and it works in that way. There was, a, there was just a couple of other ones that were not quite yeah. as delicately done. I, I mean, never enjoyed the all, moments I'm where really...
0: they're screaming at each other's stuff but but for the yeah, most I part I did enjoy the the emotion uh, and, as written and the performance uh, as as played but but yeah I agree with you I don't at some point they were pretty good. Most of the time when people started screaming at each other that a casket would pop open or some bullshit <laughs> and that helped oh, they like, car, <laughs> shut everybody car, they up. They
1: just like screaming at each other. And there's like in oh, between. Oh my God. Yeah.
0: That's the best. Cause it's scary. <laughs> that's a good jump scare moment. Cause it's this super emotional well, argument that one works people, because you know that how, how awesome. we've
1: complained of, on this show, we've complained about jump scares in the past being like something appears in the mirror and the character doesn't even see it. It's just a jump scare to make the audience go, ah. Oh. But this is a deliberate jump scare, and it's deliberately there to scare the characters in the and movie. They,
0: like pull over and go, "What the fuck!" Like, and, I and love it's, and
1: it's, that. It's a, a deliberate act by the ghost to jump scare the characters because they're being whiny bitches. So it kind of works really well because it's yeah, not I just really something to scare it. the audience. It's 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 there for a reason.
0: Yeah, and I, and I think it really did work.
1: But then you're like, "Come on, Nell, you're a ghost. Use your words." <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, you wonder, people. do you just have a limited ability? Because I do like how the, they did have those moments where no one would see her as a ghost, and it was so sad.
1: Yeah, because harken back, back there to like and...
0: that moment when she was like a little kid and no one could see her, and then it was the same thing. See, this is why I think we
1: should have. I think the whole thing should have been more centered around Nell. I would have. I would have liked more Nell.
0: Well, I definitely like everything that they did around that and how that was... I mean, that's ultimately the climax of the, the story, too. Bringing them all into that into that funeral is what brings them all together. And that's what really gets the action of the story going.
1: Yeah. And then Luke having to go to the house and they all have to follow him. Like, it kind of follows... I just... Yeah, there were just a couple of ways they did it that were... But overall, I think it was a really... Really, really well done. Like, as far as horror TV shows and series go, I don't think there's many that are this good.
0: I'd love to see what what else uh, Mike Flanagan's got going on. I didn't realize the IMDb, he's done several really good movies, um, Hush being one of them.
1: Hush is really good.
0: Which, and if you look at that, then that makes sense, because Hush has a very serious monologue for that character, where she is basically like, okay we're gonna do this all right so get on board we're gonna we're not gonna sit here and die and what's funny is he did uh he did Gerald's Game which is a Netflix movie but that's basically with most of the same actors
1: yeah I noticed that I have trouble telling the difference between the uh the mother and the eldest daughter I don't know the eldest daughter I don't know why they they look like the same person to me you know all white girls no. look the same
0: well I recognize a uh, what Carla Gugino
1: yeah but the other She's one I just beautiful, keep I, love her. I just keep mistaking the the other one for Carla I just keep thinking it's her like I well, what's Carla funny or? is
0: we just watched Ouija Origin of Evil which was also oh. done by Mac Flanagan and it's like most of the same people and I like yeah this guy really loves the same actors because <laughs> Henry Thomas has never worked so hard as he's worked for this guy
1: apparently that that one was better than the original Ouija though the original pretty good. Ouija movie was terrible. I barely
0: remember that first Ouija movie, but this one was okay. Yeah. I mean it no, had the, some, I, some neat stuff. I watched the it.
1: first one and it was it was not good.
0: Well, I can honestly say it's forgettable because I know I watched it, but <laughs> I I cannot remember one thing about it. I remember anything. In did, fact, but... I'm pretty sure there's a stinger at the end of this one that alludes back to that first one. I was like, I don't remember. Was she in that? It's a
1: thing that happens it wasn't so a much stinger. It's happening so much these days is a lot of... They're making a movie and it's it's okay or it's fairly well-received, so they go back and they make a sequel. And it's like, you know what works less well with horror movies? Because we know who's going to die and who's going to live. So was someone saying about, like, why is The Nun something we want to watch? Because we know The Nun gets out of the convent anyway. Because we see her in the next movie.
0: Well, yeah, that's sort of the problem with... I love that they're doing A Conjuring Universe, but, but that's sort of the problem with these off movies is they're also fairly generic because you're doing an Annabelle movie but you just told us Annabelle's whole story in the first five minutes of The Conjuring. Yeah. So I know this Annabelle mo- Bell movie is not going to offer a whole lot and then the second Annabelle was not bad but the second Annabelle was a prequel to the first Annabelle.
1: It's getting a and bit now
0: like... the Annabelle 3 is going to have the Warrens in it. It's like, I guess if this means that it's going to follow the first Conjuring movie, then at least maybe it'll be interesting to watch because it won't be a prequel to anything. Requel? And then the nun is just you're taking the creepy looking nun and giving her own movie. So I love it's... this. And I think you should do this. Don't stop doing this because I think horror is based on this. Like just, Just keep cranking them out cheaper and cheaper.
1: <laughs> just keep making but... them. There'll be a good one there somewhere.
0: Sure, yeah. I mean the worst thing you can about- do with horror is stop and rethink what you're doing. I hate that. That's why we haven't had a Friday the thirteenth movie in ten years.
1: My biggest complaint about Ouija Origin of Evil is it does the thing that so many horror movies do that annoys me. Oh we're gonna pretend there's ghosts. Oh no, there's real ghosts. And I'm like, Can we yeah. t- Really? I watched another one that was like well, that the other day. I can't remember what it's called, but it was on Netflix somewhere and it was just We're gonna pretend to be ghost hunters. Oh no we can't. Malevolent. Real
0: ghosts. Was it malevolent? Because yeah, I just I think watched it. And then it turned out to not really ghosts didn't matter because it was just crazies. It was like uh. the ghosts were sort of superfluous to the people yeah, sewing there, your mouth shut.
1: Like, there are ghosts, but there's also a crazy old lady.
0: Yeah, the ghosts exist because of these people who no. are real. You I gone almost with, there's appreciated no ghosts. that, but it got weird.
1: You could have gone with there's no ghosts in this whole thing, there's just a creepy old lady. Yeah.
0: As useless as the ghosts were, yeah, I think it would have left them out.
1: Oh, I actually watched I watched Slender Man at, in the movies the other day.
0: <laughs> Is that the actual movie that they made about Slender Man? Like, Indeed. fictional movie? Yeah. I haven't seen that. It was... I've seen the trailer.
1: I mean, it wasn't a good movie, but there were some surprisingly really creepy bits in it that I enjoyed. I was... Oh, I good, went good, into good, it. I watch it. And I, w- I didn't really want to go, uh, and Red was like, we gotta go. <laughs> you promised we could go to the movies, we're going to the movies. So, we went and... Watching a horror movie at the theatre is such a different experience than watching it at home.
0: It at, is true. Like, even if they're issues. bad, they're more fun to see in the theatre. We,
1: we had some issues, like they didn't turn the lights off until 15 minutes into the movie and that sort of thing. We are in a weird theatre. Yeah, that's not good. So the first, you know, 20 minutes, so I'm just sitting there making fun of everything. Ah, oh, who are these teenagers who look like 30-year-olds and what is happening here? And why are they summon Slender Man, these idiots? And is that how you summon... Uh, seriously, you summon Slender Man... By watching a YouTube video with your eyes closed,
0: <laughs> I didn't know that um, was how it was done. I thought it was by reading creepy pasta.
1: Yeah, no, you watch you watch the YouTube thing. There's three bells, and then you can open your eyes, and then Slender Man will proceed to do any and all manner of hauntings, including uh, just giving you a headache, <laughs> um, <laughs> up up to just full on abducting you. Like so, any and all manner of hauntings that he feels like is appropriate. They do also do a second summoning halfway through the movie, uh, and then there's also a rule that if you look at his face, you're even you're like extra extra haunted. So uh, the I mechanics think they just of it,
0: started making up rules here.
1: The mechanics of it were really really dumb. The cast was oh, trying their best. Uh, I'll tell we, you
0: what's good. Um, there's a show called Channel Zero. Yeah. Which I guess it originated on the Sci-Fi Channel. It's like four three seasons of it now it's on the fourth season we just kind of chanced upon it we're watching it but but all three it's an anthology so every season <laughs> it's its own story but but they're all fun but we I started them.
1: watching that um is it creepy or creeper on netflix which is like black mirror but sort of seems like it's junior black mirror it wasn't good still watch that
0: creeped out? Is that what it's Something, called? Yeah. And it's like... I think uh, I've seen the previews on that, but it did look like good. a little kid thing.
1: But anyway, so Slender Man. And I, I did spend the first like half an hour just making fun of it and Red was like, oh, are you not enjoying this? I'm sorry for bringing you here. And I'm like, are you kidding? Making fun of horror movies is my favourite thing. So that was... <laughs> it was fun. And then it got like halfway through and there's all these hauntings happening to these girls and it does some really creepy things. And I was like actually quite scared. I was like, ah!
0: Not like, oh, that's good.
1: So there was a lot of creepies and then the ending is dumb, but you know, or maybe so, but there was some sequences, like there's one where um, it sends her a video of himself getting into a house. And that's just, it, it's like the most basic thing. He's just like sends her a, a Facebook or whatever feed of I'm walking up towards your house and you see that walking up to the house. And it's just something that's so, so basic that it's coming to my house and it, it's coming into my front door and I'm watching it hunt me, which I thought was really well done. Um, and, and then some of the creepy lore stuff, some of the imagery was really cool and and then it sort of went off the rails at the end, but, you know.
0: That's cool. It's, I think it's it worth a watch.
1: It was very um, teenage girl. Like, it was <laughs> obviously... It was a. a Follows a group of teenage girls and and their exploits with Slender Man, and you got the feeling that's really who was targeted at. There was the audience that I was watching it with was a bunch of teenage girls, but that's always been my experience for horror, like watching Scream. That one's a lot of teenage girl stuff in that one. So, that, well, that a,
0: bring that should add to the experience, generally speaking. As a
1: bu- you know, we it was the thing we did at slumber parties. We'd all get together, and turn off the lights, and watch these horror movies and scare each other. That's part of the fun of it. So. I thought it was okay. I didn't think
0: it was... It was not as bad as I thought it would be. Oh, <laughs> well, that's fun. I'll tell you, I saw the new Halloween. Uh, oh, yes? You, you haven't seen it, so... I have I'm not seen it. That, tell me about it. That oh, I it's not it like was, you can spoil anything. people die. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I, I thought it was a lot of fun. It wasn't like obviously it's very much an homage to the original film. So it is like, I think I read a a review that compared it to the force week awakens and I'm like, yeah, that's actually just right because, because it's not a remake, but it's very point for point similar to the original film. It, it does have a new story and brings in new elements, but, but it's very much an homage to that very original movie. And it's, and it was fun.
1: It was fun. I would definitely recommend it.
0: And it's, and it's Danny McBride. It's one of the co-writers. So I do think that they had fun with the smaller characters of the film. Really, you really connected with people you didn't want them to die. Because just every little scene, they seem to have like a kind of fun exchange to it. If you introduced a character, there'd be a nothing character in the first draft. But by the time they made it into this version of the movie, they'd flesh them out into being someone interesting. And that's not easy to do.
1: Well, that sounds good. I mean, I think a lot of people do try try too hard in horror movies to make them epic or whatever, and it's just like just get back to the basics.
0: It's funny, yeah. This Find movie had a relatively scary. low budget compared to other movies. Scary movies do not have to have a big budget. Like well, The Haunting at, is a perfect example. Do a not spend a lot ones. of money on this stuff, man. A lot You're of the best horror money. movies
1: were were little movies that people made that somehow made people scared like the original halloween wasn't like a huge production was it Mm
0: -mm. the smaller it is the more real it will
1: feel neither the living dead uh, paranormal activity even like that's like some guy in his house just running around scaring these two
0: yeah, this that's couple. What Blair Witch did, just kids Blair running Witch. around in the woods.
1: It's 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 it works because it feels more real because it's more yeah, not you because it back because the to the, people. the
0: people are more like real people because they're not big actors. Which and, is why and the places that they are are real places.
1: Which is why all those horror remakes in 1999 didn't work as scary movies because they're just so big and splashy and crazy. You can't be scared of that.
0: And you recognize everybody. They don't feel like real people. That's one thing that Stephen King said in the introduction of uh, Dance Macabre where he was saying if you're watching Dawn of the Dead, you don't know who that girl is. So it's suspenseful because you don't know if she'll live or not because she's not a big actor.
1: I remember you saying that that once about Misery. You were talking about Misery and saying that was Kathy Bates before we knew who she was. And how you didn't know what she was going to do because she wasn't a known actor. Known actors sort of have a known quantity on, on screen. They have, you know what... Boundaries—they're yeah, not going to push.
0: They're typecast. Yeah, you know what they hired them to do. You know
1: who the bad going to be.
0: But, but yeah, you get these smaller films. You none of it is immediately familiar to you, so it all feels real. I don't know. I watched a show on Netflix called Haunted, which is a documentary show where people that, tell their oh, haunted stories. I haven't, I haven't started <laughs> it yet. Watch it, but it's insufferable. <laughs>
1: Watch it,
0: you hide yourself. So. The, well, the every story is interesting. Only two out of the six episodes have any credibility in the way that they're told at all, because most of the people will start telling story and then immediately just meander off into, and that's why I'm a psychic who can see the future. <laughs> like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> like, a haunted story is based on a very simple premise of, like, a weird thing happened to a normal person, but as soon as you take it, as I swear to God, the first episode is the most believable, so it's all downhill from there.
1: oh okay. Well, we'll watch there... the first episode.
0: Watch them all though, because they're only thirty minutes. They go by fast, but sometimes you will get annoyed, be like, "Who the fuck are you? What are you talking about?"
1: <laughs> oh, I feel about I like I've tried to watch a couple of those yeah most haunted shows, and I get annoyed because. They walk into these places and they're just wandering around with cameras, just like knocking things over, scaring themselves. Mm-hmm. It just, it just makes you that they, that they take it so seriously frustrates me, but it's even worse when they start doing the whole, I'm going to try and get a response from the house. And they don't just say, Hey, is anyone there? And wait, they go, is anyone there? 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 Is anyone
0: there? Yeah, that's, like, well, that's what why you used to bother 15 times? about that stuff. You're not waiting to get an answer. Which means you don't actually think you will get one. I used to say that about Destination Truth. It's like, you're running through the woods looking for Bigfoot, but if you really thought that there was Bigfoot here, would you be running through the woods at night <laughs> looking for it? I kind of feel like you don't think this is real. Because you're not properly prepared to be canoeing through waters with a sea monster.
1: I watched I watched one where um, James May, who's one of the guys who used to be on Top Gear, did... One of those haunted house things. And he did it seriously. Like, he set up motion detectors and everything like that and took a camera. And they kind of did it more of as an exercise on um, how you can control your fear when you're running around in the dark. So they had the little things to make him do, like he had to sing when he got scared. And and mm. the amount he scared himself just wandering around the house in the dark, and they just laughed at him. He, he was laughing at himself, which is why I liked it. But he, like, accidentally walked into his own motion detectors and set off the alarm. <laughs> he's screaming because the whole thing is going off. And there's another part where he just, he's like, oh my God, there's footsteps. And they run down the stairs and it's the caretaker. And he's like, would you like a cup of tea? It's just, it's just <laughs> nothing's there. He's like, well, we certainly showed how you can run around in a house, in, in a house where nothing's happening and scare yourself silly and pretend that there's actually stuff going on. But...
0: The beauty of this haunted show is it's super short. So by the time they get this story to a super real, like, like, just ridiculous point like what happened next and they're like and then the credits roll every time it's like it's a perfect version of stories with no endings like if that that gives them a more realistic feeling wait what 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 where'd it go from there it's like it didn't go anywhere it's still happening it's real it's a true story this person's telling it they're still living it
1: do you think after the the, uh haunting of hill house do you think that luke still sees the dude with the boulder hat
0: Oh, I would hope that once they're sort of reconciled with this, that they aren't constantly still haunted by these <laughs> visions. But who I still want to knows? know who
1: he is. It's, it's frustrating to me. I don't like open things.
0: Season two, apparently. I mean, uh, uh, there's a apparently there's going to be a season two. I wish there wouldn't be. But
1: no, I think it's a, it's a good self contained season. If there's a season two, I probably won't watch it if I it, like it.
0: But I. But I would rather you just left this as it was, because I, I think you it's told the is. story as as well as it needs to be told.
1: Yeah, you have an ending. I keep going?
0: I mean, Unless I guess you could further. do the, the Conjuring thing where you do the prequel business. But like you said, we already know where the prequels turn out. It doesn't matter.
1: I don't mind ones where, like, um, they did it in Paranormal Activity. I think they did it a bit in Conjuring, or one of those ones where it actually takes place at the same time or starts beforehand and finishes after so that it gives deeper meaning to what was happening in the first text i don't mind those ones
0: yeah and i think they do that well here you could really start watching the show at any point and then just go back and catch up like the way i think the way they pace it out you get more out of it starting at the beginning but but because it's told out of order the way it is you could start almost anywhere
1: <laughs> happened to me when I was watching the ninety nine version of a Haunt- House on Haunted Hill. I because I downloaded it because I couldn't find it anywhere. I, it's not on Netflix or anything. Uh, so I downloaded a copy, and for some reason, some of the some of the scenes were out of order internally. You got the
0: same copy I did. Did you get that and copy too? I was like, too? what
1: the fuck is going on <laughs> You're like here? Didn't she just walk up the stairs? Why is she down the stairs? And like someone, had, <laughs> someone had stabbed someone, and then you go back a bit, and I was. I didn't know if I was just tripping out or what. It was it was so strange. I was like, "Is this, it?" I didn't remember the movie being this disjointed. And then I realized,
0: like, this is well. <laughs> it goes to show you too. you like, it took me a while to even realize I was watching the movie. Out I was of like, order
1: weren't these guys upstairs a I minute mean, ago? Oh, because
0: they are just all running it's so, around. It's, it's such a no bad reason. movie.
1: It's so like, oh, it makes no sense. <laughs>
0: It's bad in a lot of ways, because not only is it annoying that they're running around, but there's, like, a Casper scene at the end where the good ghost comes to help them. You're like, what is the physics of this movie? This is ridiculous. It's and why is that like the good scooby-y. ghost? He's
1: never, he was never established as liking them at all during the thing.
0: Yeah, why is he the one standing against the ultimate darkness?
1: <laughs> and, then, and well, the whole thing... Did you feel like it didn't have, a, like, a structure as a movie? Like where's the first second and third act? It was not it was just they got in the house, immediately everything's haunted, and they just immediately run away from each other and get killed.
0: Yeah, it's a premise, then chaos, and that's it.
1: It's it's so much chaos. And, and then at they at some point they, they just
0: say the movie's over.
1: They try to work in the idea that she was trying to look like she was getting killed, and then she really got killed, and then he was like they try to work in that double blind from the original movie where the the couple are really just trying to work out a perfect murder by getting themselves pretending killed by someone but by that You're stage dumb. we've already seen the crazy ghosts so it really doesn't work as a psychological thriller when you've already seen ghosts eviscerate someone so
0: that's <laughs> what happens when you take a, the, a story and then you start replacing elements of it with elements you think are better like if it was a if instead of being a house what if it's an insane asylum it's like what the hell are they doing here then well, <laughs> You can't just say like, Then it was an insane asylum with a weird history to it.
1: Like, these couple are pretending there's ghosts so that they can get each other murdered. But there's actual ghosts. It's like, well, so why do they keep going on with their plan of murdering things? Uh,
0: yeah, why is and it then, still going on?
1: And then at the end, it's just like, okay, we're sick of everything. Throw all the ghosts at them, and they just, just get out. And then there's the weird twist that they're all related to people who were in the house before doesn't make any sense
0: yeah so it feels like you guys had a lot of different screenwriters <laughs> and they all came That's in amazing. with their own ideas
1: a little gory in that one which was different
0: yeah which was fun i love jeffrey combs and i liked i actually liked the 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 weird insane asylum scenes they just didn't have anything to do <laughs> and with there, was, the rest there was so the many
1: ideas like the early on you had the uh the sassy journalist who had the camera and she could see yeah. the ghost through the camera but not in real life And that, but then
0: she died almost immediately she died
1: immediately and was never brought back and that idea was never brought back <laughs> I thought they were going to do like a 13 ghost thing where you can only see the ghost through the through the I goggles
0: I guess it being 99 they had they, they felt just threw like they everything wanted to work in a Blair Witch kind of concept That'll we'll cover that too
1: they, they really just threw everything at the wall and it all stuck. Yeah. It's okay.
0: Then We'll keep it it all then, I guess. We'll
1: keep it all then.
0: Alright, well that's good. I don't know. Maybe (laughs) we... I kind of feel like there's more we can do with Haunted Out as Houses. Maybe we should cover 13 ghosts and then the 13 ghosts of (laughs) Scooby-Doo. You want to do the
1: parody ones as well? I'm just having trouble (laughs) finding them. Well, I like the fact
0: that Thirteen Ghosts was the Vincent Price. Then they did the ridiculous uh, reboot in the 2000s. But in between, there was KubiDoo. doo I, I do re- like looking at, at
1: well. remakes and seeing what they did differently and how it affects things and how the times change things.
0: How it's affected by the times is interesting to me because Haunted House is such a... And we could do more Haunted Houses. I've been going further and further back. I, I enjoy but, Haunted House's. But um, it is funny because that's such a universal idea. Yeah. But to see how e- a generation takes that idea and puts what it thinks is a modern spin on it. I'd like to it, perhaps look up some. That to me is an interesting way.
1: Some haunted house type of things from different, um, different countries and things, different societies.
0: Yeah. See if it's any different. I was some. Of, well, it's funny. I was reading i think a a wikipedia article or whatever and it was saying one of the earliest like accounts is back in like ancient rome oh and a philosopher like uh had moved into a house that was supposedly haunted and then the the ghost led him to a place that he had it dug up and it was the old man's bones (laughs) that's a classic man that's literally the oldest story oldest awesome and that goes that far back so it's a it is a fairly universal idea. Well we'll All
1: continue right. that in the next episode. My voice is starting to give out.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, we wouldn't have got Greg in on this. He doesn't watch Haunted House movies. He's a big baby. There I said it, Greg. Yeah.
0: He doesn't even come talk to us about horror movies. At least <laughs> Andrew sometimes will come will participate. But he wasn't able to join us this time. We still do need to cover a franchise that we haven't covered before. Maybe next... Well, I guess we could save it for next Halloween, but I do like the idea of looking at Nicolas Cage in horror.
1: I love that. I love Nicolas Cage. He's so crazy.
0: I gotta tell you, you gotta watch Mandy, and you gotta watch Mom and Dad. Those are those are two right, like, back-to-back awesome Nicolas Cage horror films that just came out. All right, but I think... Yeah, let's wrap, wrap it up. up and let you, yeah, let you get your voice back. But yeah, so yeah, we'll get that and we, we do have some more uh, episodes of, of Cloud City After Dark coming up, Where we're, we're still doing our... I've, i got the first two parts of our adaptation of, of The Last Bowdye out, but we've got <laughs> several more parts to go on that one, so look for more of that. Yay. Go to tvatmadinner.com for more of these episodes. Go to cloudcitysocial.club for Cloud City After Dark. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. Although we're rarely ever on the Twitter. Uh, go to expandinguniverse.club where we got the blog. Expanding Universe is also on Facebook. So so there's some more Star Wars stuff for you. And we're going to have some more Star Wars stuff to talk about soon. Because we got like two TV shows and everything coming up now. Oh gosh. <laughs> and at some point, I've seen the first couple episodes of Titans. And I, I think some special time might have to be dedicated. We've got to take some time to talk about Titans. Titans, Titans. cracks me up. That's okay. the D, the new DC show, on the DC streaming platform.
1: It's just too many of them these days. I can't <laughs> just,
0: keep up. Titans is funny because it's so dark. <laughs> Titans is hilarious. All right, but but yeah, so all that's coming okay. up soon. So so, be sure to tune in for that. Until until then, my name is uh, Sean.
1: And I'm Lynn. We are TV at My dinner.
0: All right.